What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy. I make music as Come Nightfall, and I want to welcome you to Behind the Daw. Actually, a very special episode of Behind the Daw. Now, uh, we don't, we're not interviewing a specific person today. The reason why is because there's a lot of lag with getting episodes approved and all that kind of stuff, but I want to keep putting out an episode every single week so that you keep getting the value that you need, Daw Nation, to keep moving on your music production journey. Now, we do have some amazing artists coming on over the next couple months. Oh my gosh, it's, it's incredible, our lineup that we have, so please stay tuned for that. But I wanted, I wanted to do this very special episode today, which, by the way, is completely unedited. This is completely raw, okay? So if there's a lot of mess-ups, I'm stumbling over my words. Uh, that's why. But um, this episode, I wanted it to focus around my recent trip out to Los Angeles and all the things that I've learned while going out there and relearned while I was out there that can really, really help benefit you on your music production journey, okay? So this this is going to be really value-packed. And by the way, if this is the first time that you are listening to Behind the Die, you have no idea what this is, you just stumbled upon it, this is a podcast where I interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, singer, songwriters, sound designers, and everyone else in between on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis, all right? So there's a lot of stuff in this podcast. You know, if you're a producer, if you're a rapper, if you're a singer, you know, trying to make it in, into the music industry, and you need some helpful tips, maybe some emotional tips, maybe some philosophical tips, maybe some business tips. If those are the things that you need, this is the freaking podcast for you. I'm serious. There's so much knowledge in this. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous how much knowledge is in this podcast. So make sure to subscribe or follow or uh, is there anything else that you can do? Uh, depends on where you're listening. So if you're like on Spotify, iTunes, um, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Deezer, Google Play, wherever you're at, doesn't matter. Go ahead and subscribe, follow, repost, like, comment, whatever is appropriate on that particular platform that you're listening on, right? Okay, but all that out of the way, I want to talk about a few different things, okay? So we, I've, 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 I got basically got three points that I want to talk about of me going out to Los Angeles, the things that I've learned, the things that I relearned, the things that were really, really important to me and that I think are going to be really, really, really beneficial to you as well. First thing I want to talk about is why was I going out there in the first place. Why Why head out? Now, many as, as many of you know, I live in the absolutely beautiful state of Utah and in particular in Salt Lake City, and it's beautiful out here. Why go to Los Angeles, right? I'm a mountain guy. Why are we heading out there? The reason why is because I went out there to record a new course uh, with Zan Griffin. If you guys don't know who Zan Griffin is, dude, the, the dude is insane. He's 19 years old, and he's already released an album on Seeking Blue. It was, it was an amazing album, performed amazingly well, and it was focused around the Zodiac signs, right? Each song was about a zodiac sign and implemented uh, things from that zodiac sign. It's absolutely incredible. He literally released that when he was a senior in high school. It was mind blowing, right? So it did so well. I was like, dude, it would be amazing to create a course around that. So I go out there. It's kind of like an extended version of an In the Dot episode. Now, if you're again, if you're new to the podcast, In the Dot is our companion YouTube series where we bring on artists and they break down their songs. Right? They they say like, you know, like, hey, this is how I made this song, or this is how I made this sound. This is how I mixed this vocal song, and so forth. If you're interested in that, go ahead and check out the Daw Nation YouTube channel or on this podcast. Those are the point five episodes. Okay, so I believe the last one that we had was with Trivecta and Amity. They broke down their song Riptide. It's amazing. Nonetheless, so this course that we were doing with Zan Griffin is like a very extended version of that because an in the Daw episode is just like it's one episode, it's an hour, right? Where this one's going to be like. 13 hours, 14 hours, like it's going to be huge, right? We're covering his entire album, everything, all the sound design, all the, all the production tips, all the everything, all the vocal processing, like 
It is huge, everything that we put inside this course, right? So I was going out there, we rented out the studio. It was amazing. It was, is this guy, he like literally, he built his garage around it. Like he, he, he sounds really ghetto, but he, he literally took his garage and he built an entire studio out of it. But it's like a real, like he hired a bunch of people to professionally create it. So there's no standing waves. And so there's, there's, there's what's called like panels placed in the right place. And you can, so you can properly mix a master in there. And it like, he had this big, like, you know, multiple thousand dollar desk with all of the, compressors and stuff and whatever, right? Like all the stuff you don't need, but still looks really, really cool. Anyway, so we went in there, we rented it out and we filmed the whole thing in there. Now that was absolutely amazing. We learned so much. I, I, I learned so much. It was, it was incredible. So keep on the lookout for that over the next couple months, that's going to be coming out. But one question I have for you, Donation, is that's, that's actually going to be, you know, one of our main focuses now. So we kind of have these, these two different types of courses, right? The first one is our flagship courses, like the, like the school base, the one I did with the 5 the thing that's just like freaking massive like it's 20 plus hours it covers one topic like school based covers sound design right and it's just it's just huge right those are our flagship courses but then we kind of have like these i guess you'd say like mini courses on the side where we where we're going to start breaking down full bodies of work with producers so like this one we're doing like you know the zodiac album with zan griffin one that we've been playing around with is the album um with the new echoes album another one which would be cool with this isn't confirmed i haven't even talked to him about it but like maybe like the whole the 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 said the sky album i believe that came out last year like we actually sit down and they break down everything inside the album if that interests you if that is something that you would really really love i would love to hear about that go ahead and send me a dm on instagram be like why i really want to hear this song or this song or whatever, or not, sorry. I love, I really love to see this album be broken down, this album be broken down, so on and so forth, right? And they will be decently priced. Don't think these are going to be like three, four, or 500 bucks. No, I'm thinking anywhere from like the $50 to $100 range if we're doing a whole body of work like this. So this is, you know, it's very, very affordable, especially for the knowledge that you're going to get. So if this is something that you're interested in, let me know, okay? I want to know what you guys want to learn. I want to make sure I'm creating the products that are really going to resonate with you, okay? So anyway, so uh, that was the first thing that we went out there for. Right. But then between all that, we knocked that all out in a day. We recorded for like, I don't know, like 12 hours or something. Like it was crazy. So we recorded all of that out. And, and then, so the next day, the rest of the time that we were there, I was reminded of something, something that I haven't really thought about. It's just become so natural to me. And I, I just assume it's going to be natural for everyone else, but it's not. And so this is where we're going to enter into the world of networking. Okay. We're going to enter the world of networking where, you know, like you, you need to be constantly meeting new producers and people in the music industry and becoming friends with them so that when you launch your, you launch your, what's called your brand, or, you know, you want to, you want to push your brand to the next level, you have those connections, but then you're also still bringing value to other people, you know, that's what networking is, right? It's an exchange of value. They give you value, you give them value, so on and so forth, right? That is a very healthy relationship mindset that you need to be in the industry right now. And so one of the best ways to implement that, one of the best ways to kind of strengthen that networking, so to say, that relationship building, so to say, is this. I never want you to forget this donation ever. I want you to make sure that you fully incorporate what I'm about to tell you because it's so freaking powerful, okay? Never forget what I'm about to tell you, okay? Never, ever, 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 ever underestimate the power of buying someone else's food. Now, let me explain that. Now, that may seem simple, and that is why a lot of people fail. A lot of people think that the simple things 
are, you know, like they're, they're just overrated that, you know, you don't need to worry about them. You need to worry about the big things. Well, the thing is that the simple things compound into a big thing. Okay. So this simple thing is like this. I can't tell you how many times I have bought someone lunch. I can't tell you how many times I bought someone dinner or food in general, right? Uh, they, they, they now are like, I went and bought them a coffee. I, I don't drink coffee, but I buy them a coffee, you know, whatever, right? I can't tell you how many times I've done that and the benefits that started because of that, or is that the benefits that came later because I did that very first initial thing. So let me explain. So what this comes down to is this, there is a very special event, like this mental, emotional event that happens when someone is bigger than you. They have more, they're, they're, they're you know, like maybe they're, they have more followers. Maybe they've been doing it longer. Maybe they're better in, in a certain aspect than you, you know, like in, in your, in your specific career, right? Or maybe they have more money than you or whatever, right? But let's say that you, who doesn't have the resources they have, who doesn't have the, you know, the experience that they have, who doesn't have the clout that they have, when you come in and you do something for them like that, that, that you didn't have to, that they could have easily done, but you sacrificed and you did it, it puts them in a very special place of like the law of reciprocity. So if you don't know what the law of reciprocity is, basically this, it's like when you do something good for someone else, and it makes it much more likely that they will do something for you. Now we're not doing it because of that, but it's, it kind of incorporates this concept because uh, uh, when you do something for someone, right, you're more, they're, they're more likely to do something for you back, right? It's not for sure, but it's more likely. But the thing is you can take that to a whole nother level when you do something, when it's like, when it's centered around a basic need like food. And the reason, and this kind of brings me to my next step, this, my, my next concept with this, which is it kind of plays off when you buy someone food, when you, when, when you take them out to lunch, when you take them out to dinner, whatever, it kind of plays off and kind of helps you enter that kind of sacred realm of the law of reciprocity because you're playing off a basic need. Now, if you don't know what Maslow's hierarchy of needs are, I mean, we talked about it on the podcast before, but basically it's, it's this, the hierarchy of needs is, is at the very, very bottom, right? The very bottom of the pyramid these are your most basic needs, like food, water, shelter, uh, safety, so on and so forth, right? And then once you meet those needs, then you move up to your higher needs, which is like love, acceptance, uh, fulfillment, so on and so forth, right? And then and once you meet those, uh, financial stability, so on and so forth. And then once you make it up to the highest thing, that's where you get to like self-realization. I believe what it is, is like, you're not worried about anything, you're not worried about love or money, whatever, and you can really find out who yourself is or who, who you are. And so, but going back to the very first part of Maslow's hierarchy need is food. So when you, when you buy someone food, right, you're kind of, you're kind of, I don't, I guess the term would be tickling. You're kind of tickling that, 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 um, that basic need that all of us have, but because this person could easily get their own food, but you who has less resources come and do that for them. It really puts them in this really kind of like awe inspiring state. Like, it's like, dude, you didn't have to do that. You sacrificed for me to do something that I could easily do. I'm extremely grateful for that. Like we hear, we hear stories about this all the time when we hear about like humanitarian work, right? You've heard, I know you've heard stories about like people from the US or from a first world country and they go to a third world country, you know, like, like, uh, man, I can't even think of any, just pick your, pick a third world country that you know about, right? And they go there and the locals there who have like literally nothing, give you their food, give you stuff, right? Just to, you know, that, that's just their culture. They just give you stuff. And it's such like a shock to you. Cause it's like, dude, I have so much more than you, but you, you're, you're giving it to me just out of the goodness of your heart. You see what I'm saying? You see how that kind of puts you in, in, in like a very grateful state, a very law, law, or, or sorry, a very reciprocity, reciprocity. 
reciprocity, reciprocic state. You know what I'm saying? Like a very giving state. It's kind of, dude, you like you gave me something when you had like almost nothing. Like I want to make sure I want to do good on that. So it's kind of playing off of that. I didn't realize that, but it's, it kind of plays off of that. So never, d- never forget the ability to buy someone else's, or sorry, never forget the importance, the effectiveness of buying someone else's food. And here's a really good example. Okay. So while I was out there, while I was out in Los Angeles, I met up with KJ Saka. Now, if you haven't listened to our K- our episode of KJ Saka, uh, our episode of Behind the Dog with KJ Saka, it's a couple episodes ago. It was amazing. There's so much knowledge inside of that. But a lot of people don't realize how big KJ Saka is, right? Like he has a multi-platinum album with Pendulum, right? And then he has a a group, like a super group with excision. And then he literally went to an Illinium show and was like, Hey, I really like your show. And Illinium's like, dude, will you be my drummer? Like, like, like it's freaking Illinium. Like he could have anyone. Right. And he picked KJ Saka. So it's really proven the point. Right. So KJ Saka is this really big dude. And when I got there, there was some other people at his house that I cannot disclose at this time who were also very big people. And we all went out to dinner and, you know, we're having a good time. We're talking and everything. And all these people, I would arguably say are more financially stable with me. Now we're doing really good with the podcast and with the YouTube series and everything. But I would, I would say that they're more financially stable than me. And I, I wouldn't see you as we're, I'm going to use the word stable. They're more financially well off, maybe. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know how to say it. But anyways, so they, they have more money than me. Let's just put it like that, right? But at the end of it, right? I mean, everyone, they, like, they, they were getting drinks. They were getting appetizers. And, you know, me and my wife were just sitting there eating ramen, just like, you know, yeah, trying not to get too much, you know, kind of a thing because we knew the bill was going to be huge, right? But at the end of it, you know, like everyone pulled out their cards and I dropped my card down first and paid for it all, right? It was like, it was like over $100 to pay for everyone's food. And um, everyone was like, dude, you didn't have to do that. And I was I was like, I'm happy to do this. All right. I want to do this. Okay. You guys, you guys have helped me out in so many different ways. And I want to say thank you for that. And so I did that and like everything was going good. Like no one, like, like I wasn't being ignored before that. Like it was still really good. Like we were still talking and I felt like an, an equal with them in the conversation and everything. But there was this huge shift that happened after that. It was like a whole new respect came because of that. And it was because of that same concept we were talking about of I have less than them, but I am willing to give as much as they are giving kind of a thing. I don't know if I said that right, but it's that same concept, right? And so never, ever, ever, ever forget the power of buying someone else's food to gain, to, to, to grow a connection, to grow a relationship. I have another really good example that, that, that paid off. Okay. So about two years ago, um, this is before Trevor and I really learned that we were cousins, but it was said the sky. This is the first time I ever met said the sky face to face. Okay. And you know, I found out he was coming out to Los Angeles. I was going to icon collective at the time. And I was like, Hey dude, I see you're coming to do a Q and a icon collective, which is awesome. You know, I do a lot of work with them. I'm a student here right now. I would love to take you out to lunch if you have time. Right now, I actually didn't word it like that. Cause I was actually talking to his manager, but it's still the same concept. Right. But I was like, I'd love to take Trevor out for, for lunch. Right. And Ashley was like, absolutely. That sounds awesome. Sounds great. Let's set it up. So we did. And me and Amity and daddy, we took uh, said the sky out to lunch that right there just started from, you know what I mean? That, that right there just like started a relationship that would last years. Right. So that was really, really good, obviously, because I was able to meet him. I was able to ask certain questions. I've always wanted to ask him and so on and so forth. But then one year later, almost to the day, almost to the day, one year later, I was able to do an interview with him. I was able to do an in the dot with him. So you see how it kind of paid out in the long run, right? Not only would we stay in touch and we were able to, to talk and kind of grow that relationship, but one year 
later, I was able to, you know, do an episode with him, which was obviously huge for the freaking channel, right? And so you see, you see how we're we're going with this. You see how like you you the, some of the best money that you could spend right now. Seriously, I'm not joking. Some of the best money that you could spend right now is is making a budget every single month, seeing who's coming to town or if someone lives in your town and trying to set something up with them. You're like, hey, can, we, can I take you out to lunch? Can I take you out to dinner? So on and so forth, right? When you do that, I'm, I'm serious. Like it, it is one of my secret weapons and it's not a secret anymore. And I want you to use it. Don't don't feel like you're stealing from me. Use this literally as much as possible for you. I would, I would literally take as many people out to dinner and lunch as I, as I possibly can, all right? M- maybe that's not true. Maybe I, I, I would limit it because you don't wanna have... Anyways, that's, that's the concept for another time. But anyways, like, for right now, don't worry about that. Like literally take out as many people that you want to work with, that you see potential in, that you want to gain connections with. Take them out to the lunch, dinner, whatever, literally as much as possible. I'm serious. It's worth it. It works. It's incredible. Okay. Do it. Freaking do it. All right. So that was the first thing that I was reminded of again out there. And it was really, really powerful. Second thing that I was really, really reminded of while I was out there. So it was really cool. So after, I believe it was after um, we recorded the, we recorded the course and it was after I went and hung out with Amity and his wife, uh, that we were back in the hotel room and I was looking for something to post on Instagram, right? Cause I'm trying to post every day. Um, unfortunately I couldn't create content while I was out there just cause I was so busy. So I went through, I was looking for something to repost. And one of the things I stumbled upon, stumbled upon was a recent video that Steven from Cymatics put out, which basically says it doesn't matter where you live. You can still make it in the music industry. So I watched it and it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Like I literally agree with every single thing that he says inside of there because Stephen and, my, Stephen and I are somewhat similar in that aspect, somewhat similar. So like he lives in Atlanta, which is not a music hotspot. It's not. I live in Utah, which surprise is less of a music hotspot than Atlanta. All right. So, but the, I, this is a concept that he talks about in there that I struggled with for years. And I was like, it was one of the biggest weights off my shoulder when I realized that when I realized the truth of it, okay? The truth of the matter is this, is that we have been lied to by the music industry for years. And from a lot of people, you know, not even just the music industry, just the culture, because the culture learned this from the music industry, which is in order to make it in music, I mean, to really make it, to make a living off of it, right? You need to live in an area where that is going on, right? You need to move to Los Angeles, you need to move to New York. If you're into country music and rock and whatever, you need to move to Nashville or so on and so forth, right? You need to move to one of these music hotspots. You have to. Well, it, there's, it's a half truth. It's a half truth. You did need to move there back in the day. But something happened between then, between the old school days and now that no one could have foreseen, that no one could have acknowledged. But back in those days, that was so embedded inside musicians and the culture that it has transferred over to our day as well. Now, before I continue on with that, I want to tell you a quick side story that's going to play into this, right? I was getting my hair cut the other day before we went out to Los Angeles. And this girl, you know, was was cutting my hair. And she was like, so what do you do for a living? And I was like, well, I do electronic music production and social media marketing. And she's like, whoa, that's so crazy. Did you go to school for that? And I said, absolutely not. And she's like, well, wait, how, uh, wait, what, like, h- how are you, how are you doing what you're doing and you didn't go to school? And I was like, okay, we, we need to talk about this. Okay. So this is something else that has been completely embedded inside of our culture that we need to go to school. The reason why is because again, it's a half truth. If we look back in our, in our parents and our grandparents days, they had to do that. If you really, if you wanted to really set in stone that you were going to make a lot of money, if you really want to set in stone that you could provide for your family and live a good life, you needed to go to school and do this kind of stuff. Stuff, right? The problem with it is 
again, this is tying back to our original conversation about the music industry. It was something happened that no one else could foresee, that no one knew was coming. And when it happened, it completely changed everything. That is the thing that you are actually accessing right now to listen to my voice. It is the internet. No one foresaw the internet, the power, the depth, the impact that the internet could have. The internet changed everything. The internet allowed you to be anywhere and do almost anything. Okay, so this applies for school, this applies for the music industry, this applies for everything. Now, the cultural, you know, the cultural habits that we have had still continue on today. I mean, how many of you, literally, how many of you, and I don't care, I know I can't see you right now. I know this is, you know, this is recorded, so this isn't happening live, but I want you to do me a favor right now. How many of you, raise your hand if this applies to you, how many of you have heard from your parents or from someone in the school or someone, you know, anyone in society that says, basically, if you want a good life, you need to go to college or you have felt the pressure to go to college because of our culture. How many of you literally, I want you to raise your hand right now. I'm raising two hands. All right. I'm going to raise two hands and a foot. There we go. Like I am trying to like really emphasize. I heard that so much, but the fact of the matter is, is that that's not the case, right? In order to make a good living, whether in music or whatever, right, is you need to understand how to convince people to give you money. That is business. That is business in, 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 in a nutshell, okay? How, you need to learn how to convince human beings to give you money. If you have that, you have a thriving business, period. Doesn't matter what the product is. Doesn't matter what the marketing is. If you know how to convince humans to give you money, you have a thriving business, period. End of story. Now tell me, does going to school or just inherently moving out to Los Angeles, does it teach you how to do that? Does it teach you how to convince people to give you money? I'm not saying there's there's not things inside of school or you know moving out to Los Angeles that wouldn't teach you that, but inherently, like the minute you walk into school, you immediately can like sense like yes, I am learning how to convince people to give me money. Or the minute you move out to Los Angeles, you're like, "Oh my gosh, I can feel it. The energy's coming. I'm getting all the secrets of how to get people to give me money." Is that happening? Really though, is it? Because that is what the culture, you know, not doesn't say it out loud, but that's kind of what they're saying is that like moving out to Los Angeles for music or going to school to get a job, that is kind of what they're saying. It's like the holy grail. It's like the greatest thing on earth. The fact of the matter is it's not like that. First off, just to like wrap up the school thing, the, the, the education system is completely broken. It's absolutely horrible. It does not play to the person's needs and how they learn and all that kind of stuff. You have to move at the conglomerate of a class, which is very rarely your speed. You know, it's either way too fast and you don't understand it. It's way too slow and you're super bored. All right. And then you have to learn a bunch of things that doesn't even apply to the things that you're trying to learn. All right. When I went to school for music production, guess how much was spent learning music production? Like 10%, right? 10%. The rest of it was like theory and ear training. All that is garbage, right? Absolutely. God. Yeah. I get that. It could, it could, it has the potential to help me, but that's not how that's, that's not a very good mindset. When you have a problem, focus on that problem, learn that thing. And when you learn that thing, you really realize you have other problems and you go and you focus in on that problem. You, you crush them each one at a time. That is effective. But what we got right now is not effective. Now, to, now, now, now let's put the, the, the schooling thing to the side and come back to just the Los Angeles thing, right? So, so we have been bred to believe that in order to make it music, you need to be around people that are making music. You need to be in a city where a lot of things are happening. Let me tell you right now, I do not agree with that. Now, full disclaimer, 
full disclaimer, if you live in California or if you want to move to California and in particular like the Los Angeles area or New York or, or Tennessee or wherever, you know, like wherever the, the, the hotspots, the particular hotspot is for you, if you want to, if you have a desire to, right, you love the city, you love the things, all that kind of stuff, high five, go for it. If you love it, that's amazing, great. I'm not talking to you guys, okay? If you want to do that, that is fantastic. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about you feel that you are forced to. You don't want to. You really don't want. You love where you live, but you feel forced to because you believe that's what has to happen. Or you you have this 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 you know this limiting thought where it's like, man, I feel like I have to because in order to move out there, that is the only way I can get my career off the ground. If you feel that way, which by the way I did for a very long time. If you feel that way, I am here to tell you it's a whole bunch of crap. And I'm going to break it down for you logically. So if anyone ever for the rest of eternity, if you're ever in an interview, you hear someone say this, you're watching an interview, you're talking to someone and they say you have to move out to LA or New York or wherever in order for your music industry to thrive. The thing is, is that they will have to walk over this argument. They will have to walk over this logic and they'll have to either ignore it or stumble across it or completely just climb over it and act like they don't see it. There's no, like, it doesn't matter what benefit they say of being in LA. It doesn't matter. They will have to fully address what I am talking about right now in order to destroy my argument. And it is a dang good argument. So strap in guys, because I'm about to I'm about to really unleash Wyatt's philosophy when it comes to moving out to somewhere right there, okay? So here's my thing. And this is this is Steven from Cymatics thing as well, right? So he's massively successful, okay? So again, if you want to move out to LA just because you love it, just because you love the area, this is not what we're talking about. If you want to do that, you hardcore go for it. I'm talking about when you have the belief that you need to move somewhere in order to in order to grow your career. Bunch of freaking crap. Okay, for this reason, there's actually a lot of reasons. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons. So strap in. Okay, so here we go. So the first reason is this. The first reason people say is this: when when you are when you want to grow your career and you want to move somewhere, one of the first reasons this is because you'll be closer to other artists. You'll be other closer to other creatives, and being in the same room with them is really really powerful. The problem with that is a lot of different things. It actually incorporates. <laughs> The reason why I feel qualified to even bring up this argument, this specific one, where it's like you relying or you wanting to be around other people in order to create, it comes from years of therapy, guys. So I want you to know that this is actually based in studies and facts and all that kind of stuff. It actually goes back to my days of therapy. And one of the most powerful things that I learned with therapy, which actually applied to relationships, but this applies to what we're talking about right now, is this. Whenever you bring someone into your life for whatever reason, right? Whether it's business partner, whether it's a you know a friend, whether it's a, a, a spouse or you know some some lover of some kind, whatever. Whenever you bring them in, if you are bringing them in to create something, you will fail every single time. You will be miserable. You'll be sad. There will be a hole in your heart, and you will not understand why. But if you bring someone in to enhance something. If you bring someone in to enhance something, now you're on the right path. The reason why is this, you have to be content with yourself. You need to learn yourself. You need to know what yourself is capable of. You need to be happy with who you are because if you bring anyone else in at that point, they just enhance that. They just make it better. Now, if you bring someone in to create something, to create happiness, right? You just, oh, I want to keep my girlfriend around because she makes me happy. I'm not happy without her. You're getting in some really dodgy territory. You're getting some real problems because if they leave, which you have no control over, if they leave or if something bad happens, if they have a bad day, which you have no control over, you will be crushed every single time. 
And it, it is one of the most emotionally unhealthy situations that you could ever be in in your entire life. So this is the concept with music. If you feel right now that you have to be around people, you have to constantly be collaborating with people, meeting people and doing that kind of stuff in order for you to create music, you're in a very big disadvantage right now. You need to be able to, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this, you need to be able to sit in your house alone for an extended period of time and just know that you can rely on your creative canteen, your creative soul to create something. You need to be able to go out in the mountains, in the desert and wherever to be completely, have complete solitude and still be able to know with, with full confidence that you can create whatever you want. If you have that, then anyone else that you bring onto your team, collaborators, partners, wherever, that will just enhance that. And if those partners, collaborators, whatever ever leave, you still know with full confidence, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I know that I can keep creating. It's it's amazing. I'm telling you guys, it's absolutely amazing to have that kind of mindset. So the first argument, again, is if you want to move out there, it's because I'm going to be around so many people. Well, first off, before you go out there, you should be dang solid. You should be so confident that you could create whatever you want. You do not need other people to create anything. You could create your entire empire by yourself first. That's the first step, okay? So that's the first part of the argument. Then the second part of the argument comes in, okay, let's say that I'm like that. Let's say that you know I can create whatever I want whenever I want. I have full confidence I can create whatever I want at this point. Now, I do wanna work with other people because I do wanna enhance that and I, I fully endorse that. I think that's absolutely amazing. But hold up, do you need to move to somewhere like Los Angeles in order to achieve that? Again, the answer is no, you don't need to. And in fact, I would encourage you not to if, you, if you're just going out there just to gain connections, the reason why is this. It is massively, 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 massively easier to start a conversation, to create a relationship, to create a connection online than it is in person, all right? I mean, think about it like this, dude. Think about how easy is it for you to send a DM to one of your favorite producers and for you to get it and for you to get a message back. If you guys haven't done that yet, I highly encourage you to literally make a list of 10 of your favorite producers and send a DM to them today. I can guarantee that at least one of them will get back to you. Now let's flip that. Let's say you're out there. You're out there and you just you're trying to meet them in person. You're trying to meet them in a club. You're trying to hand your USB to them behind stage. You're trying to do all that kind of stuff. Wildly ineffective. Wildly ineffective. Because when it's online, it is so much less like invasive. It's so much less uh, uh, intimidating. They're at their leisure. They can answer back to you whenever they want to. So if they answer back online, do you know that you're okay? Because they don't have to. When you're in person, they have to answer back to you. They're just awkward about it. You see what I'm saying? So actually, if you know, again, if you know how to gain relationships online, how to gain connections online, how to meet people online, again, which you can do from anywhere, then that makes meeting them in person so much more powerful, so much easier because you already know them because you've already met them online. You've already had a first you know, step of, con- how do I say that? A first touch of contact. Let me give you an example with this, okay? I didn't meet Crywolf in person before I met him online. I went to his show and then when I was at his show, I was looking for pain points. I was like, okay, how could I make his show better? What are things that I could tell him to do that would make it better, right? I saw his Ableton screen, right? I saw his computer, he had Ableton up, he runs his whole set through Ableton. And I'm like, man, he's kind of a dark dude, but this Ableton skin is like super freaking bright, right? Kind of throws off the vibe. I took note of that. 
we could, I could talk, talk to him later and be like, Hey dude, there's this really great skin from this company. Uh, here's a link for it. I think it really, really enhance your, you know, your, your, your life sake. I kind of give that, that dark feeling to it. Right. So I looked at that. Next thing I noticed is that he had to have someone come out. He had to someone have someone come out on the stage and press play on his Ableton session in order for it to get going so that he could come out another pain point. And I was like, wait, I know something. There is an app. It's called Touchable. You can connect through through an ad hoc network. He could be behind stage. He could just pull out his phone or his iPad or whatever and press play, and it'll start. You don't have to have someone come out and, and do that, you know, because someone coming out, it kind of it kind of takes away from the vibe, right? And so he could just do it just from behind the stage and just press play, and and, and and everything would start. Another problem. Great. So what I did after that is after the show, I think there's a few more things that I that I thought about, but after the show, I sent him a message. I sent him a DM. And I told him that. And I was like, dude, I loved your show. It was absolutely amazing. By the way, you know, I noticed your Ableton screen. And I also noticed you had someone cut and so on and so forth. And I, and I explained, I was like, I saw these pain points. I think I, you know, I think I have these resources that could really help you out. And just from that, he's like, holy crap, dude, thank you, right? You, I already brought value to him online. And so then I kept bringing value to him online. I kept getting that relationship. And then all of a sudden, in less than two years, the dude is sleeping on my couch. We're going riding four wheelers. We're eating Thai food together. It was an absolutely amazing experience. You see what I'm saying? But it all started from there. Now, vice versa, let's flip that on his head. What if I just went behind stage and I tried to gain a connection with him? Maybe it'd work out. Maybe it doesn't. But because you're in person, you never know if it's quite genuine because maybe they're just saying the things that they're saying in person to get you out of there because they don't want it to be awkward. Or when it's online, they don't have to answer back to you. They could just, they just completely forget what you said. They could ignore it, whatever. But if they answer back to you online, it's because they want to talk to you. See where I'm going with this? So now coming back to my original statement, which is, well, hold up. It would actually be easier and more effective to gain relationships online first before you meet them in person, then why are you going out to LA? Sure, you could gain, you know, you could do that in LA. You could be in LA and gain the relationships online and then meet them in person. But that kind of brings me to my next point, which is you're paying a crap ton of money out there to do something that you could have done in, in your hometown in a much cheaper place, right? You're moving out to LA where it's extremely expensive to live to do something that you could have done where it was much, 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 much more cheaper. See what I'm saying? Also, on top of that, if you are in town, it takes away the concept of scarcity. Meaning this, if you are in town all the time, you're like, yeah, I live here. We should meet up sometime. It, it kind of takes away the scarcity method where it's just like, oh, they live here. We can meet up anytime, right? We can meet up anytime we live here, you know? And when there's that mindset, when something like that happens, you, it, it, it kind of takes away. I mean, how many people, you know, I'd be, you've heard this so many times where you, you know, someone lives near a really amazing thing like the beach or this amazing mountain, or this amazing monument or something like that. And they never go to it because they live there, right? There's no scarcity. But if you come into town, of course, you're going to go to the beach. Of course, you're going to go hike that mountain. Of course, you're going to go to that monument because of the scarcity. Now this applies 100% to something that just happened when I went out to when I went out to Los Angeles. Now I'm not there all the time, and because I wasn't there, there's a scarcity to it, right? And because there's a scarcity to it, the people that I hung out with wanted to hang out with me because they know they can't hang out with me all the time. See where I'm going with this? And also on top of that as well is if you live in another city, you actually have an advantage. You actually have uh, you you actually have an advantage because because then you know the area that these people are going to be coming to. 
Now let me now let me explain. What I mean by that is this. Let's say, like for example, I live in Salt Lake City. A lot of people come to Salt Lake City to do shows. This is good because a lot of these people that are coming here have no idea what, what's going on with Salt Lake City. They want to go grab something to eat. They don't know where to go eat. They don't know what's safe, what's not, so on and so forth, right? So if they come here and they have me, the point of contact that they can trust because we've been talking online, see where I'm going with this? Now, if I lived in Los Angeles and they came to Los Angeles to play, you got a, you got a much bigger competition. You know, like why would they come hang out with you when they can go hang out with, with, with I mean, who lives there? like someone much bigger than you. You see, you see where I'm going with this? So actually living in another city and knowing that city actually gives you an advantage of when these people come to town. So you start to see like, okay, so we, we kind of, we started off with the first argument. The first argument was, you know, I want to be around creatives. Well, hold up. You need to be good with yourself first. All right, so let's say you are good with yourself. You, you can create just by yourself really, really effectively. Okay, now you want to be around creatives so that you can create with them. Well, hold up. If you go to a city where there's a bunch of creatives, remember, there's a lot of competition for you to kind of get their, to kind of get their attention. It would be a really good idea to learn how to use the internet to get in contact with them and then use the face-to-face as a second form of contact to solidify that. But again, if you're in the city all the time, if you're in the city all the time, there's no scarcity. And if there's no scarcity, they could just keep putting it off. See where I'm going with this? Now, the final kind of thing to kind of wrap this all up with a tight little bow, right, is this, is that Los Angeles, living in New York, Los Angeles, anywhere, Tennessee, whatever, you got to understand it is really, 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 really expensive, really expensive. I mean, these are some of the most expensive places on the planet to live. I'm not going to tell you how much KJ Saka pays per month to live where he lives, but I'll tell you this. If he paid that same amount per month to live out here in Utah, he would have an absolute freaking mansion, like the size of Walmart. Like it would be unbelievable the amount of space that he would have, right? Now, I'm not saying that so so you can go get a big house. I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm trying to say is this. If you live somewhere and you reinvested that money in different ways, instead of spending it on rent, you spent it on learning marketing, proper marketing, proper online marketing. You really learned how to use the internet to your advantage. You learn how to use ads. You learn how to use um, squeeze pages. You learn how to use opt-ins. You learn how to, you know, all that kind of stuff. You really learn how to use the internet. If you invest into that, that is going to be wildly more beneficial for you and your career than moving out to LA. The reason why is because you will learn a skill, an actionable skill that will that you can use for the rest of your life to help grow your career. Now, to to give an example for this. So I have recently invested a crap ton into my marketing, into learning how to really use the internet. I knew how to use the internet before, but now like I learned so many other things that I didn't even know existed. Okay. Now understanding this, I have learned things, things that I don't feel ready to share yet because I still want to test a little bit more and have absolutely like a 100% knowledge that I know what I'm talking about. But these strategies that I have learned, I'm not joking when I say this, is that I have I really, truly, genuinely feel that I have finally cracked the code on getting followers, getting legit, amazing, high-targeted, extremely high-engaging followers on Instagram for pennies, for absolute pennies. And I have also found a way using the internet to get, again, extremely high-engaging fans and followers to convert them into fans and followers and send them over to a song so they'll listen to it. And you will not only make that money back, but you'll make a huge return back in streaming revenue. I'm not joking. Like, I'm like this is science. Like, we are testing this right now and all of the results are coming out better than we thought they would be. Way better than we thought they would be. Like, like literally, like I'm almost in tears just thinking about 
that we have found something out like this because this is huge, right? Now, imagine if I didn't do that. Imagine if I moved to LA, if I moved to LA and I invested all that money that I would have, you know, that I was trying to figure this stuff out in, I invested all that money in rent in a crappy apartment in a dangerous part of town. Think about that. Think about how much, like how much, how much knowledge I wouldn't have now. You see what I'm saying? So that is, that to kind of tie it up on the bow is like, you could invest the money instead of moving out there and, and using the very limited funds that you have, you could invest that money into something so much greater, so much more powerful, things that you could literally use for the rest of your life and propel your, your career forward literally as much as possible. Like it's insane. It's absolutely insane what I have or yeah, it's, yeah, it is insane what I have as far as knowledge right now. That's insane what I've been able to figure out because, because I strategically picked where I, where I wanted to go. Now, a lot of the other common arguments that come with it is like, well, if you're, if you're not in LA, you can't, you can't do anything. You can't meet anyone. You can't, which we've already addressed, but like, you, you know, you, in order to kind of, you know, achieve a certain goal to get on Spotify playlist, to get on, you know, to get booked for shows, all that kind of stuff. You can't be living in a small town. Why not? Literally, why not? Let's think about that. Let's take that argument. I like that argument. The argument that in order to be booked for shows, you need to live in a large city. Bull freaking crap. The reason why is this. Think about, I mean, think about your, your favorite uh, producers or sorry. Uh, yeah, I guess they are producers. Your producer G- DJs, right? They're performing a lot. They're going all over the place, right? How often out of the percentage of, of shows that they play, how often are they playing in the city that they live in? Okay. How often do you think AU5 performs in Denver as opposed to other places? I would say like every like every seven shows that he performs outside of Denver, he'll perform one in, right? I mean, think about, and literally, this is a really good idea. This is a really great idea. Go look at Elenium's touring dates. How many of them are in Colorado? There's literally like one in Colorado out of like 30. You look at anyone else. Okay, what about Quicks? I'm meeting up with Quicks tonight at Dallas Energy to do another interview. When we do that, he lives in New Zealand. How many shows does he play in New Zealand? I don't even know if he plays shows in New Zealand. He's going everywhere else, right? It's the same concept. The reason why they do that, the reason why they go other places is because if they always play in the same city, again, like we were talking about earlier, it takes away from, excuse me, takes away from that scarcity. Oh, so-and-so plays here every weekend or he plays here every month. Like if I can't afford this month, it's totally fine. Or if I, you know, I'm not making too much of a priority to go to this show because they're always here. You see what I'm saying? So it actually doesn't make sense to live somewhere where you want to be booking shows. Okay. The reason why is because there's, there's no scarcity there. Right. And so you see, you see where I'm going with this. So now I'm not saying now I understand at the beginning it's probably smart for you to go and and play, you know, like local shows and opening and all that kind of stuff just to get the experience. But hold up a second. Do you need to do that? Do you need, here's another great lie. Do you need to perform all these, you know, like a lot of people think like, oh, I have to go and, and perform at all these clubs and do the openings and do all the crap sets and all that kind of stuff in order to get my foot in the door. Do you? Another great lie. Another great lie that enters the industry. Now let me prove why. The reason why is this. The reason why this is a lie is because you think about who who is going to book you. Who is going to book you is the promoters, the people who own the venue, all that kind of stuff. Great. They want to book you. Why would they want to book you? What pain point are you solving for them? It's money, right? It is getting people there so that they make money, right? The reason why promoters book some people and they don't book some people is because the one person is a good investment, the other one's not. And the one that and why it defines them as a good investment is how many people they can bring because the more people they bring, the more money they make, right? They don't care 
They don't care how many times you performed. They don't care how good you are. At the end of the day, that you like, you could literally be crap. You could literally just bring waffles and set them on top of the DJ decks and do push-ups the whole time. They don't care. They have no, they have no desire to care about that whatsoever. All they care about is that you bring paying customers over and over and over again. Like literally, you could have a cooking class in a venue, and they'll, and as long as you pack that thing full and you sell out that venue, they won't give two craps because they are making money. See what I'm saying? And so if that is true, if that is true, then you're wasting your time doing, then you're wasting your time just playing these crap sets when you really should be learning how to get people to shows. Now, of course, how do you get people to shows? Well, number one, you build a freaking fan base. That was the most effective way to build a fan base through the internet. And then you learn how to convert that fan base to come to your shows. How do you do that? By using the internet, by running ads and talking to people and making super fans and getting them over to your shows. Boom. If that is true, it wouldn't matter where you live. Let's say that you're, let's say you're living in Nebraska and you're trying to play a show in Virginia. Then what you would do is you would spend an inordinate amount of time learning how to use the internet, not only to get fans inside of Virginia, but then you know talk with them and learn the internet and learn how to use the internet to buy to get them to buy tickets to your show. If that is true, the promoters in Virginia are like, I don't care. I don't care if you don't even know what a CDJ is. As long as you got people coming and they are loving you and they are having fun, I don't care. I'm making money. So that completely destroys the argument that you need to live in a huge city in order to get booked for shows because they don't care about that all they care about is that you bring people all they care about is you bring people they have a good time and they make money that's all they care about so again the argument that you need to live in big city complete bs complete bs because as you're starting to see with all of these all these arguments that are coming in they are all culturally placed because they started out true back in the day before the internet it's true you had to do that you had to move to a big city. You had to move into a big city not only to get booked, but to, get, to collaborate with people and so on and so forth, right? You had to do that. But now in this day and age, there's this huge force that no one foresaw, which is the internet. The internet solves every single argument that you could bring up about having to live somewhere huge. Every single argument. And, I, I, and just out of curiosity, if there is a specific argument that you guys have that you think is legitimate as to why you should move there outside of you just wanting to move there, I can't argue that. If you want to move there, that is up to you. There's nothing I can argue about that. But if there is a specific argument, a music a musical argument to you to you moving out there that I haven't addressed, I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it so freaking bad because every single argument that someone has brought up has been either what I just brought up or some variation. And the answer to every single one of those arguments is, dude, internet. The internet will solve everything for that. If you know how to use the internet, you literally have the world's most powerful, legitimate weapon at your disposal at any given time in any place. That is the beauty of the internet. If you know how to use it, you have the entire world in your hands. And I'm proving that right now. I'm in freaking Salt Lake. I'm in Salt Lake City, which is very far away from anything that's happening. But look at all the connections I'm making. Look at all the things that I'm doing. See what I'm saying? So if there is an argument, please, guys, I want to know. I want to know so bad if you have an argument right now. Okay. So with all that donation, these, these were the things that really, really hit me while I was out there. And you know, it just, it just blew me away how I kind of forgot about these things, how they always just kind of be in bed in the back of my mind, but they're so freaking true. There's no way around them donation. So donation, buy people food. 
Okay, when they come to town and you want to work with them, right? You want to build connections with them, buy them food, take them out to dinner, take them out to lunch. If you want to collaborate with someone, right? Even if they're just a little bit bigger than you, go take them out to lunch. It's the best way to learn from them, to learn about them, to bring them value, to see what you can do to help them. It's unbelievable what you can do. Okay. So take them out to lunch. And then the second biggest thing is, do you need to move to LA? Absolutely freaking not. In fact, I would highly encourage you not to, unless you want to. If you want to, if you want to be out there, you love being out there. You know, it just, it just, it, you just love everything about it. I can't argue that. But if you don't have the money, you have limited funds and you're not quite, you're like, I really would like to stay here, but I, I don't know what to do. Everyone's telling me to move, all that kind of stuff. I feel bottlenecked in my career because I'm not out in LA. If that is you, then listen to my words. Do not move out there. Learn to use what you have because what you have is vastly more powerful than what is going on out in LA. Okay. And if you learn how to use those things, if you fully know how to use the internet, how to communicate on the internet, how to talk to people and meet people and bring people value on the internet, how to make sales, how to get fans, how to drive streams, how to do all this kind of stuff. If you really know how to do that, then going out to LA once a year, twice a year, a couple times a year, whatever, whenever you do that, it's going to make it even more powerful. You're going to get more out of LA in a couple of days, like I did, than people do in an entire year. You see what I'm saying? So Doll Nation, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, it's going to be completely unedited. It's going to be completely raw. I'm so sorry if if, if that offends you, if it's cringy, I don't, I don't know. But Doll Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, if you really liked this episode, if it really resonated with you, it really helped you out on so many different levels. If this really, you know, this, this was a shining light to things that you've been struggling with, then what I want you to do right now is literally take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and save it and then put it over on an Instagram story, okay? And tag me in it and be like, this really helped me out this way. Wyatt. I want to know. I want to talk to you. See how I'm using the internet to talk to you? doesn't matter where you are. I'm talking to you with this. I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. I want to start up a conversation with you. I want to hear about you and your struggles and everything. Okay. And go ahead and tag me in it. Tell me what really, really resonated in this episode with you. And I'm happy to start up that conversation. I will reply to literally every single person. Okay. If you send me a message, you better bet that I'm going to come in and I'm going to talk to you. Okay. So Don Nation, thank you so much. Make sure to check out our other episodes. There's so much value in other episodes that we have. Make sure to check out in the as well. If you want to learn more about the music production side, right? You want to learn how to sound design, mix, master, writing melodies, stacking your super saws, anything like that. You want to more, know more about that in the DAW is for you. You can find that over on the DAW Nation YouTube channel, or you can find that over here on the point five episodes. All right, DAW Nation, I hope you enjoyed this. And by the way, if you do want to increase your sound design knowledge to a whole new level, make sure to check out the school base. You get over 20 hours of videos. I mean, like really intense videos. Like you will learn a hilariously huge amount from AU5 and I. Oh, it's so good. Um, you get a bunch of bonuses with it. It's You get all the racks and project files. Like it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So make sure to go check it out. There is a link in the description. But DAW Nation, thank you so much for showing up today and make sure to step behind the DAW so that you can go into the DAW much more effectively.